Welcome to Black Armada Tales, an actual play podcast. My name is Josh Fox, my pronouns are he and him, and with me today I have... Becky Anison, that's me. I'm playing Lieutenant Emily Loris, also known as Hellcat, um, using the Ares playbook, and our pronouns are both she and her. My name's Ed Tomlinson, that's me also. I'll be playing Dr. Tobias Roy, the Scorpio playbook, and our pronouns are he and him. Your pronouns are trouble. And awesome. (laughs) Which one of those is the equivalent of he and which one's the equivalent of him? He trouble him awesome. Could you use it in a sentence? <laughs> trouble came down the corridor and he brought his bag with awesome. Brought, yeah. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Trouble works awesome. Work. I'm glad you tried because I've had two beers and there'd be no chance. In any case, I think I'm still Nick Bate. My pronouns are he, him. I'm playing Commander Sam Buckley, Captain of the Hecate, the Taurus playbook. Pronouns he, him. No jokes. I'm Sue Elliott, she, her. And every time we play, I write down my character's name because I'm afraid of forgetting it during the intro. (laughs) And that name is Sonia Vega. (laughs) The Gemini playbook. Pronouns she, her. (laughs) Nicely done, everyone. And tonight we're going to be playing Us Fleet, what I will be GMing. Who wrote that, Josh? It was me, also. Oh, good to know. Yeah, so if I fuck it up, it'll be embarrassing. <laughs> Sam, I, th- I feel like I'm interested to know what happened, like what you have done after you've had your conversation with Admiral Bachman. I mean, I think Sam's in a pretty conflicted place, right? Like... He feels bad, obviously, about the folks who died, but they came back with fuel, which had to happen. Otherwise, we were dead in the water. But he could have gone about all that differently. Like, he he knows himself well enough to know that he wasn't entirely in the right frame of mind when he called that order. Yeah, so I don't know what Sam does. Because I think the other thing is, is at this moment he feels pretty, like maybe he's just coming down off the back of having to be Commander Buckley, but he feels pretty isolated in this moment. Well, who do you, um, is there anyone who you spend time with when you, when you're trying not to be Commander Buckley, or is it, or is it that lonely? <laughs> I think he always feels like he's one one step removed from the crew but that doesn't he doesn't exclude himself from them like he's not a shut-in so you would see him at spanners sometimes everybody goes to spanners right but i but i don't think when he's in spanners he's he's i think he's always aware that he's commander buckley when he's in spanners right he's never just sam in there do we need to have that boxing episode from bsg well it did occur to me that maybe one thing that he could do to 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 blow off some steam. I mean, he does look like Daniel Craig, right? He looks like he could punch someone in the face. I guess one thing that Sam can do is is he could go to Spanners and he could quietly get drunk. Spanners. Everyone ends up with Spanners. Yeah, sooner or later. And so the question then really is who's there and what happens when I'm there, I guess. The pilots are there for sure. Sure, the pilots are there. <laughs> well, okay, let's do that. I mean, maybe there's a big party at Spanners because... You have had a successful mission. As far as everyone's concerned, you had a successful mission and the Admiral came along and congratulated you all. You're the only one who knows anything different. So Okay, so so I guess, where did we decide Spanners was? It was somewhere near engineering, right? 
I feel instinctively like it must be because it has to be Spanish, Spanish. But yeah. I, I don't actually remember. Yeah, okay. So it's it's got dimly lit corners, I think. And I think Sam's not so dim that you can hide in them. So people will know he's there. But I think he's maybe two homebrewed whiskeys deep when the party rolls in. Yeah. Are you at the party? Silly question, Hellcat. <laughs> Stupid question. Yeah, I'm at the party. <laughs> All right. Should we get this party started? Yeah, is the cag there? And what sort of mood is the cag in? I think the cag the cag has been congratulated along with everybody else, so he's probably in a pretty good mood as well. Okay, that's the first. We didn't lose any pilots, right? Who did we lose? We didn't narrate losing any pilots. We like we didn't get into the kind of oh so and so gets blown up in that battle. So, but there must have been casualties. We, we, I mean, we lost marines, no question. There's only six pilots. Yeah. So it would be a big deal if one of them. Yeah, died. yeah, that's so on. Let's assume yeah. not, but I think you're right, Marines. Yeah. yeah, sure. Are the Marines in too? Yeah, I think so. Mm. I think. There's probably quite a lot of toasting the Marines who mm. died then, and a lot of mm. pilots toasting Marines and that sort of thing going I th- on. I think something, something tells me that the Marines are less wild and over the top than the pilots, and therefore that it's when the pilots arrive that things start to really get noisy. Uh, hang on, who's the Marine commander? Did we name the Marine commander? We had them talk over the radio. Yeah. Okay. It was a young, a young man. All right. What, what's his name? His name is Enrique. I think I'm going to make him Enrique Alagona. I think he's the chief engineer's son. I'm going to go son. And what is he like? A major or something? There's not much space below major for being commander of the Marines, is there? So, or is captain captain's below major, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so I think I'll make him a captain. He's a captain. There's so many captains on the ship right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I feel like Sam probably needs to speak to him, Enrico. Cool. So I think I think the I think the pilots have been having like some they've they've had something to drink before they arrive. I think they've like broken out a keg or something in the on the flight deck. And played some volleyball, you know. So yeah. they're already, already half cut. Yeah. 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 I don't think my character's half cut. I don't think she's kind of in the mood for getting completely blasted. All right. Well, I definitely, I think Catan is quite relaxed, and Ibarra is like excitable and shouting. It kind of bursts into. Spanners ahead of the posse of pilots going, Yeah! What's up, bitches? The conquering <laughs> heroes have arrived! Who's buying me a drink? I shot down 15 Corax today, and I deserve one. Can I read the room? How's, how did the re- the Marines react to the pilots, to Ibarra in particular, being like that? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, you can read the room. I don't think there's a move for that, though, is there? So, Well, hang on, is there? No, there isn't. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I just tell you, sort of a, a game. Yeah, I think it's a mix. I think that some of them are a bit somber and look a bit peeved. Hmm. I think they've they've been having they've not exactly been sort of sitting there having a funeral, but yeah, they've been sharing stories and drinking less heavily. Yep. <laughs> it feels like an immensely awkward scene, and uh, and I've only got myself to blame. It's your idea. You did this yourself in so many different ways. <laughs> I think I think Sam's gonna pick up his drink and walk over to to Enrique to 
Captain Alagona. Are they in a big group? Or, like, am I walking over to all the Marines when I do that? Or I was visualising that they were, to be honest, yeah. Okay. Um, like, they've got one of those sort of low tables that's got yep. sofas down the side and comfy chairs, and then they've pulled up extra stools and stuff, so some of them are kind of higher up than the others. And I think Alagona is, like, on one of the higher chairs so that he's sort of sitting above the rest. Yeah. He'll see you coming over for sure. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I think Sam will walk over and he'll pick up a chair on the way and he'll approach from an angle so that Enrique, he's clearly in his line of sight. And I think one of the Marines will call out, Captain on deck! And everyone will kind of... They're not going to start kind of hooting and making a lot of noise. They're going to do something to kind of indicate respect because, you you know, it's your plan that just got got them this victory. Hmm. Maybe they just applaud a bit. Oh, yeah, this is... <laughs> Thanks, Josh, this is the absolute worst. Now you should make him take pressure. Seeing <laughs> uh, it for he's a jolly good fellow. <laughs> yes. Okay, I think Sam will, will get close enough so that he's just talking to the Marines, not to the whole room. And he'll say... At ease, Marines. It's just spanners. May I join you? I think one of the younger Marines stands up and grabs a glass and a jug of whatever it is that they're drinking, mm. pours it and holds it out to you. Yeah, okay. I'll take the glass and I'll put my chair down and I'll sit in the chair with the glass and I'll say, you all fought bravely today or yesterday, whenever it was. You all fought bravely, but you lost people. Are you talking about them now? Alagona will turn to you and say, yes, Captain, we were just sharing stories, you know? If it's not an imposition, I'd like to hear. So we'll kind of look at each other. Uh, of course, Captain. You're going to make me roleplay this now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not necessarily going to make you. The The point here is that, well, there are a couple of points here. I think what Sam thinks he's doing is a good thing here by being respectful of the of the of the cost to the Marines. But I think he's also beating himself up a bit. Yes, okay. Yeah, by making himself listen to... Like, he's after this conversation, he's not going to forget any of the names of those Marines. Okay, well, how about I'll do, like, one as a sample. Sure. To get the, to get the tone. Yep. And I think to spoiler my own portrayal slightly and hopefully make it seem like I did it right, even if I didn't, I think it's kind of kind of slightly stilted. They're all... There's, there's a relatively large number of these guys compared to the pilots, and they don't do lots and lots of fighting. So, yeah, anyway, let's uh, let's see. I think Alagona will say, well, I'll, I'll continue. Um, Leah was, um, she was the life and soul of the party. Uh, if she had been here right now, well, this would have been a more cheerful occasion for a start. We'd all have been a little bit drunker, I think. She would always liven up the, the mess hall with her jokes. And um, she leaves behind her sister. Uh, he nods over at one of the other Marines who is openly crying. But she she did what she did what she was supposed to. She did her duty. When we were in there and those those things came down the corridor we were trying to get off and she she took one for the team she she stayed behind and fought them off 
and made sure that we, we got off that ship alive. And uh, I'll never forget that. And he raises his glass and says, Talia. And they all chorus that back. Yeah, Sam included. And I feel like this is the way it goes for a little while. I'm going to ask what the pilots are doing, just to see if... <sighs> yeah. Mm. Is there a pool table, do you think? Table tennis. Air hockey. Oh, air hockey. Yeah, okay. I think there's some air hockey going on. I don't think they've. I, I don't think all of the pilots have clocked the occasion. I don't think it's quite as loud as Ibarra's entrance might suggest. But what about you, Hellcat? So I'm not up for being as obnoxiously space jockish as Ibarra. Like there's days where I want to be an obnoxious space space <laughs> jock, but I feel like now isn't one of them. I think that my character is a little bit confused. Is not the right word. I think that. Despite, I think that my character has been waiting for somebody to throw her in a brick for quite a long time for various different things that she's done. And the character of the mission that we just went on, it just, I think that she was surprised that the Agamemnon crew came over and gave them medals. Because that to her had the quality of a, well, I'm going to get bricked tomorrow, aren't I, for this? even though it kind of wasn't her call. like Because the mission just... I think... Uh, uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong about this, Sam, but to me, that mission just would have felt wrong. Like, I know that we're up against a vastly superior force and that things are going to go wrong. And I had expected that mission to go a lot worse than it did because I knew what was on that ship and it just felt like we went in half-assed. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably very unlike Sam to spring something on the ship. I mean, the Koraks presumably spring things on us with some regularity. Yeah, like I would expect to get called out of my bunk to go and deal with an incursion of Koraks. I would yeah. not expect to get called out of my bunk because suddenly we're just spooling up the FDL drives and jumping back into a hot mess of yeah, a hundred percent yeah hot yeah. mess. So yep. So I think that she's like putting on a good face for the other pilots not being obnoxious but i think that she is her brain is the gears are turning and there are uncomfortable questions coming up about this mission didn't feel right and these are not questions that she's going to take to the cag who she despises okay i was going to say shall i bring in one of the other pilots to poke at this a little bit but no i don't think that this is going to be a thing where she does have a conversation with another pilot about it because i think that eventually the gears will have turned enough that she will go and talk to Sam about it. And when I say talk, I mean shout. Smooch. Mm, maybe eventually. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a conversation. <laughs> but I want Sam to get like, nicely warmed up with all of this guilt first. As if he's not wallowing in it already, stewing in mm. layers and layers oh, of it. I'm stewing that guilt a bit more. I think, it's, <laughs> I, think it's going to, I think she's drinking that much. I think that She's like joining in with the toasts of the people who've died or like occasionally shouting fun things across the room or, you know, engaging in the odd game of air hockey. So she's kind of putting up enough of a face that no one's going to come and ask her what's wrong. But she's going to be a tiny bit quieter than usual because she's thinking. Do you reckon Sam could tell from across the room? Yeah, if he looked over, I think that he could tell that she's like a couple of notches less. I think there's a contrast thing going on because I think that some of the other pilots are like... Yeah. Mm. They're not screaming and shouting, but they're definitely having fun together, and usually she'd be part of that. 
And like on this occasion, Catan looks jollier than she does. Yeah. Like, I don't think I'm doing it in a way that I don't want to do it in a way that's so obvious any of the pilots would notice and come and ask me about it. Right. No, but they're all half cut, so. So, yeah, that's fine. I think it's probably just a moment where somebody scores a, whatever you call it, a goal in air hockey. And it's like, woo, look at that! I did it! And everyone's kind of applauding and. Yeah, and I think that Hellcat joins in like a second, a, a beat too late a beat later than you'd expect her to. So, like, she did it. She was like, yeah, this is amazing. Woo-hoo! You're going to kick his ass or whatever. But, like, it comes like a beat, a beat later than you ought to have done. And all of the drunk pirates don't notice. So what did you do, Sam? I don't, I, Sam's not ready to talk to Hellcat either. <laughs> <laughs> For a bunch of different reasons. What I'm wondering is how the Marines go about the drinking associated with this. It's a much more somber affair. But if they're if they're steadily... And slightly sadly riding themselves into the ground. No, I think I don't because I don't think it's like tons of people have died. Yeah, it's just I a couple. I think it's it's a handful, and obviously that means a lot to them. Yeah, but like I said, they're not conducting a funeral. I think they they do their kind of little speech thing, mm-hmm. and after a while, you know, they start to loosen up, and yeah, I think some of them maybe go and challenge the pilots to some air hockey perhaps yeah okay so once things have started to loosen up a little bit i don't think sam is in no mood to loosen up a little bit so i think he'll stand up and push his chair back and say to the marines that are left which probably is most of them at this point you all got the rough end of that mission and i put you there and i won't forget that but you got it done and so thank you and i think he'll maybe salute the captain? I think the captain salutes back, but like what Becky was just saying, it is maybe just like a fraction of a beat too late. Yep. And there's something in the way he looks at you, you don't feel like he is quite happy about that. The other Marines kind of give a little bit, again, they applaud a little bit. Yep. And Sam will leave, I think. I think Alagona might come after you. Okay. <laughs> I think he might follow you out. Yep. And you'll be just outside Spanners, and he'll say, Captain. And, yeah, I'll stop and turn around and say, Captain Alagona, what, what can I do for you? Sir, I, what you did in there, uh, the Marines liked it. The men liked it. They'll, they'll, feel, they'll feel good about that, those things you said. So thank you. I think Sam will say, understood, but I think that's maybe not what you wanted to say to me, Captain. No, sir. We almost didn't make it back then, sir. Some of us didn't make it. You know that. But it could have been much worse. That's true. We Why did we go in there without the Agamemnon? I, I, you know, some of the men are asking me. And it, the booze is going to make them forget. Maybe they won't ask again. But I didn't know what to say. I mean, I, I just had to say, respect the chain of command. And we do, but it's a hell of a lot easier when we understand why we're doing stuff. I think Sam will say, Captain, I don't think I have the answers you're looking for. I could say we needed that fuel. I could say that I judged the risk was worth taking for one ship, but maybe not all of ours. And all of those things are true, but they're not sufficient. 
And I think that's all I have for you, Captain. So I have permission to speak freely, sir. Always. I think you have to do better than that, sir. We need to know that decisions are being made that are better than that. You don't have to justify it to me. You don't have to just certainly don't have to justify it to the men because they don't expect it. But we have to believe the people up top. You've got to be making smart decisions and good good calls, and we have to believe that. And if you, you know, I I studied strategy and tactics the same as you. I I know that wasn't. I know you can't have sat there and and looked at a chart and gone. Yeah, this is the right call. I gotta, I gotta send in one ship by itself. So, you know, you can tell me that it's that it was difficult or you don't have the answers, but it was you that made that call. So, if you don't have the answers, who does? That was all I wanted to say. I don't, I don't want to lose more people like that. I think Sam probably closes off a little, so his stance probably stiffens up a little bit. And he says, on that we're in complete agreement, Captain. And I thank you for your candor. And he turns and walks off, I think. Mm. Yeah, I think Alagona returns to the bar and puts on a brave face. Joins in with the, um, I was about to say festivities, that's not the right word. Uh, whatever it is. Whatever it is they're doing in there. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'll be your massive fucking downer tonight. That'll be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, cool. That was crazy good. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Right. I was thinking we might finally roll that freaking seek out move to find out how your... I think you have already rolled, mm-hmm. Ed. Pull strings or something. Pull strings. And that's how you got Colonel Foster working to help you. Yeah. But you have not rolled to seek out. Yeah. So I think we should roll that and find out what the result is. I was looking at the engineer scientists move, trying to work out whether that fitted into something in this space, but seek out first. Oh, it definitely does. Like if you want to make like a Cylon detector or something, sorry, a Corax detector, <laughs> you would definitely be using that move. But in this case, you are hunting for a thing that somebody, some so-and-so, some chosen one, some cheeky little monkey, some messiah, Someone with great power. Who does calisthenics? Seek out. <laughs> well, all the, all the best messiahs do. Okay, seek out on sharp. Zero. Uh, do I get any help? Didn't even know you could roll zero on two dice. Do I get any help from my elite crew of military? They must have been up to something while I've been communicating with Korax. The help that you get. Is that you are that you are even able to make this move at all because you're trying to search for a needle in a haystack and you wouldn't be able to do that by yourself. Well, I could if I li- looked search for the hero inside myself. If you search for the hero inside yourself, you would also <laughs> be looking for a needle in a haystack. It would be equally <laughs> difficult. Oh, it's always tough when the GM hates you as well. <laughs> you can always ask if one of the other players wants to help you because that is a thing. That they can yeah, do. Sonia? You want to use your keen investigative powers? Oh, yeah. Sonia will help out, for sure. Oh, my God. She's a bit too eager. (laughs) She's taking the Scorpio playback next session. Sonia will be really good at this. We've got bonds, right? Yeah, we've got, like, two, I think. How do we gain more bonds? Burn those for currency. 
Or is that another game? It will involve me maxing out my pressure. Have you had a breaking point yet, Sonia? I haven't, no. Then 100% you must max out your pressure so we can see what happens when you hit your breaking okay. point. So I might, that happens regardless, doesn't it? I can just take that off right now. Let me just check, but I think I'm right in saying you can do this after the roll. Okay. Uh, so, so you don't find yourself helping with something that's definitely already succeeded. But uh, Okay. Yes. Yes, thank you. Good. It's a thought, it's a thought that counts, so... I'm going to need some help. I've got a six. <laughs> okay. <laughs> roll 2d6. The best roll. Six is the best roll because, like... It's the decision point, yeah. You definitely I rolled a nine, up. so that is a success either way, isn't it? So it's an eight altogether because of my warm. But you can add your relationship instead. Oh, and bump it up to a... Ten. So you can choose. You can either roll your warm or roll your relationship which I believe is plus two mm-hmm. at this point so oh so I could do I do I is that currency do I burn that or no it's you have to pay the pressure to make the move in the first place but the ah. relationship the relationship just gets higher and higher and higher until one of you dies and then it's it gets converted into pressure cost oh well boom let's go for ten then why not oh you're gonna be really sad when I die or if one of you like cuts the other one out if one of you says, fuck it, I'm having nothing to do with you anymore. It's, I mean, it's definitely a possibility with Sonia. I mean, I definitely think it could happen in either direction in this relationship. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a 10. So you get, you hold two. You hold two. No, hang on. On a, te- on a 10 plus, hold two. So I can give, I can give you a plus one and create an opportunity for you. Hmm opportunity what do i do i choose or are you choosing i think i have to choose okay do you, do you want me to pick the implication from my seek out role then that might help you with your help out role yeah yeah let's do that okay so the seek out role uh on a seven to nine the oh the gm chooses one ah yes it's me that chooses so you can attract unwanted attention would you like me to appeal to your better nature and you can try that. That's also like looking for a needle in a haystack. <laughs> you attract unwanted attention. In the middle two is the one I was the ones I was thinking that. Those are the ones you want. Those seem to make the most sense. Discover something unexpected and horrifying. You found it, but something stands between you and it, or your investigation takes a long time. That's the most boring one uh, in this situation for sure. You only get one. Oh, I want both of them. I want, to, I want to attract unwanted attention and discover something unexpected and horrifying. I think it's called errata, Josh. Yeah. And I, I'm erratering this right now to, <laughs> to give myself to. You heard it here first, people. Give me an opportunity, <laughs> Sue. That's, that's what you should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I think this is going to require like a hard scene frame, probably. But I want to know what... Like, are you hoping that you yourself will be able to find this? Oh, obviously, yeah. You are, okay. I feel deeply responsible for losing this sample. I'd like to know where it's got to and how it's got on. <laughs> I mean, where, where it's got to, where it's got to, where it's got to. And how it's getting on. I, 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 I misspoke. So I don't know what you mean. It's probably sentient by now. If yeah, it wasn't you before. imagined me saying that. Hmm. And, and the two of you must be going together, otherwise I don't see how... Yeah, we we are skipping down the corridors like Morecambe and Wise. Yeah. 
cool. Okay. Well, I, I think what's happened, I think you get a message saying that they've uncovered some erratic readings from the jump drive core and they're going to go and check it out. And it's ha- so happens that you are, you're like quite near to there when they, when they tell you that. Because I too was getting readings with all my reading equipment. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe like you were getting. I'm sensing it with my reading equipment. Regular reports sent to your handheld device or something. Do you, you wish to go and, and check out the said readings? Yeah. No, let's get off the ship. <laughs> let's just. Let's go for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> probably be safer to go home. Spanners is probably open. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think we see the giant spinning machinery of the jump drive it turns out yeah it involves a giant spinning thing like event horizon and just like event horizon is it like event horizon i'd forgotten that i love that film so much <laughs> and i think we see you uncovering the kind of cobweb like stuff that you saw before on the alexander okay i think there's a sort of central bit to this, the rotating core and you can see it, this sort of the filamentous stuff, the cobweb-like stuff growing in the middle of it. I think the two of you must be there. So this is the first time you've seen this, Sonia. Yep. And then we hear a hiss as the bulkhead comes down, <gasps> sealing you inside the drive room. Well, this is where you do that assist thing, right? Also, just to point out, when I do touch the filaments, does that make in contact with the Corax? Oh, I see. You're just going to pause and touch the filaments. <laughs> no, you said I push away the filaments. Let's find out about that next session. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Black Armada Tales. We've been playing Last Fleet by me, Josh Fox. You can find information about Last Fleet and all the rest of our stuff in the show notes. If you like what we do, then we'd really appreciate it if you shared the podcast on social media or gave us a review, preferably a five-star one, as that really helps people to find the podcast. See you next time. Uh, Should we go at 15 seconds? Sounds good. I wish I hadn't gone on 15 because I had to do some complicated maths in my head to work out. I usually go on, on a 10 rather than a 5. It was... Oh, is that a thing that you do? How do you mean? I don't know. I just hadn't really thought about it in that way. I just assumed you kind of picked... I just assumed you didn't particularly round up, but you just picked a, a number that you thought everyone could aim at sufficiently. Shall we go on 23? Yeah, it's just that I usually pick <laughs> one that ends in a zero, that's all. 23, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, do yeah. That. It's just well, confuse all of you and me. I'm going to do that next time. <laughs> it seems to be a constant low-grade fight with between my mother and father about how to use the microwave. How <laughs> can you argue some, about it? For some reason, she wanted you to use... She, she felt most comfortable when it was in round numbers. You, you did it for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, a minute. And yeah. Dad just uh-huh. would go for whatever numbers were closest to each other that was near enough to what he wanted. So... <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it'd be for 11 seconds because then you just got to press the one twice. You don't have to move your... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs>
Interesting. <laughs> That's, That's fascinating. That's such amazing I chaos wish I energy, isn't it? The first text message he sent me after predictive predictive text became a thing was this weird meandering long text because he didn't know how to not accept predictive text suggestions. Oh. And so oh he just adjusted oh no. what he was saying <laughs> as he went. <laughs> a stream of predictive text consciousness. An early yeah, like an early chat GPT message. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, completely untrained as well at that point, I'm assuming. Yeah. There's a lot of ducks in it. <laughs> he, he is my hero. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I love this numbers thing. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So 11, yeah. 11 that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, 20, Basically, all the low 22. numbers make sense. But as soon as you get past, I guess, five's in the middle. This is a microwave, Josh. How long are you planning on microwaving things? Yeah, so one, one minute, 21. I'm probably more than seven seconds, I'm guessing. Two minutes, 22. No, it all makes perfect yeah, sense. Not like well, 70. 77 minutes is where my brain was going. Why do you assume it's in minutes? Have you gone mad? I basically microwave things for either 10 seconds, two and a half minutes, or four and a half minutes if I want them to be chewy. Jack and potatoes. <laughs> okay. If I, sometimes I like things to be a bit on the chewy side, so I'll do four and a half minutes. Well, our microwave, though, our microwave is one of those ones where it's got a, a ten-minute mm. button yeah. and a one-minute button yeah. and a ten-second button, which is just like, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, that's a bit like what your dad's doing in a way, but it's like, then you really do have to start thinking in terms of what's the most efficient number of clicks right. that I can do. Yeah, I don't want to do this for 50 seconds. Because what I'm doing is softening some butter. Yeah. I've never had a microwave. So. I don't know. I like the old ones where you just turn a dial. That was good. Hmm. Sorry, did you just say you'd never had a microwave? No. I was in a share house once where one of the other housemates, just for a year, bought a microwave, but I've, I've never had one. You do not own a microwave? Nope. No, me neither. Huh? My mum never trusted them, so we never had one growing up. Yeah. She was just, I don't know, what? just one of, one of her sort my, of my little Luddite things. Yeah, my yeah. mum's the same. It took me a while to trust them. but oh, My mum would cook everything in it if she could, for the second they were invented. Like salmon. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Extra chewy, for example. <laughs> I do tend to only use it for warming up tea. But... There's this trick where if you put salmon on a plate or in a bowl and then you cover it with cling film preferably in a bowl, so the salmon's deeper than the cling film lid. You microwave it for like two, three minutes, and it will get perfectly poached because of the steam. Yeah, I think mm. that's a good idea. The sal- mm, salmon's a good cool. thing to put in a microwave. Anything crisp is bad, but basically anything soft and wet like a salmon should be good. <laughs> or a cup of tea. I love my salmon soft and wet. Porridge. I always cook porridge in the microwave. No, well... Two minutes, bang, done, down to wash up a saucepan. As long as you cover it, because if it if somebody leaves it uncovered, that is like a gremlin exploding in the microwave type of deal. Well, you do have to stir it, like, halfway through. And it's like, have you had a porridge lava experience? Which is when you've done it in too small of a vessel, and you've put it on for too long, and it basically like, erupts like lava over the sides. That's yeah, that's what I mean. Suboptimal. But what do you? How do you make mug cakes then? I don't. Oh god! I don't even know what they are. I, so. I just think about them longingly. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> oh my god, Sue. But you can have a piping hot fresh cake in your hand inside of like five minutes oh, with a microwave. Don't think I haven't spent a, a lonely night on the internet looking at mug cake recipes thinking if only and microwave <laughs> catalogues <laughs> i had to stop making microwave mug cakes for the sake of my potential future diabetes <laughs> diagnosis i'm gonna have to look into this yeah because i started making chocolate flavored ones but i was making them with turkish delight flavored hot chocolate jesus christ <laughs> whoa <laughs> that's sweet and yeah, but like to temper the sweetness, I put some cream on oh, top. Oh, well, that's it come much out. better. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> and then to temper that, you put some marshmallows on the top of that. Great bit of grated chocolate. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like I'm not total. <laughs> I'm not an animal. 